Salute and greetings to Rewind the Clock. And today we've got a very special guest who is the curator of the Regimental Museum in Brecon. So without further ado, I'm going to get this young lady to introduce herself and uh, what she does and how she got involved. So I'll hand it over to young Amanda. So um, I'm Amanda Rosewarn. I'm the curator at the Royal Welsh Museum in Brecon. Um, I initially started with the museum in August of 2019 as the uh, deputy curator. And then I recently took over in April of, of 2021. Wow. Very <laughs> exciting. Gosh. So uh, what, did you, what did you do as a deputy, uh, deputy curator? That's a tongue twister there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I did a range of things. Um, a lot of it was to support the former curator right. at the time. Um, but other things that I took care of was uh, managing the volunteers. I helped with um, social media. Ah. So we recently had... Uh, had a Twitter and an Instagram. All right. We had Facebook before, um, but apart from that, it wasn't really used too much. Right. And um, so I thought, well, bring <laughs> us a little bit more into the 21st century. I got its Instagram and Twitter, which is oh, great. Oh, wow. That's good. And it, yeah, something I'm, I'm working on. Um, and then the pandemic hit. Yes. So we couldn't be a museum. So that social media took a bit of a, of a back burner. Um, but now it's we're kind of going full ahead, trying to get our digital presence out there more yes. than it has in the past, and hopefully reach out to to new and exciting people. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because COVID did play a, a big thing with everything, didn't it? Really, it's like events yeah. you couldn't do and you know things like that, which is uh, hopefully getting slowly into it. But that is Twitter and Instagram is a good idea as well. That get more people involved and get it yeah. seeing what you do. And what do the volunteers do there? Uh, we have a, we basically have two groups of volunteers. Right. Um, one group we call Back of House. Right. And their role is um, a range of things, really. But one of the main things that they do is transcribing. Okay. So uh, we are obviously, as a museum, <laughs> it's, it's, we have a lot of handwritten accounts. Yes. So... Um, Sometimes they're harder to read, and it's hard to sometimes do keyword searches because it's on paper. Mm. So one of the things that that group of volunteers do is write them up, so that way we have a record of what's on there. Which sometimes can be fun when you can't figure out a word, and then we all get together collectively <laughs> and, and yeah. try to try to work out what that word's supposed to be. Uh, usually successfully. That's good. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to end up leaving a question mark on it. All um, right. But then the other group of volunteers are front of house. Right. There are meters and greeters. The first face you see when you come into the museum. Oh, that's good. Um, and they're there to uh, answer the door and give you your your quick little speech about the museum. Right. And then and then be there if you have any questions and and to help you out as much as as much as they can and we can collectively. Oh, yeah. Now, this might sound strange, and this is going to definitely will sound strange. You know the meters and greeters? Are they, like, dressed normally? This might sound strange. Or do they have some period costume? Oh, you mentioned no. it. Oh, it's a, sh they're, they're in, <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, that. Regular dress. 
and their their everyday clothing. Um, All right. But we might be in, in the future during um, maybe summer and half term have special days where some of us do dress up. That's right. something I'm looking into for the oh. future, oh, uh, right. which would be quite fun. Yeah, I, think. I mentioned it because um, obviously because of the pandemic, I haven't done it for a few years. I need to get back myself really. I, used to, I volunteered at the um, Roman Museum at Carleon. Oh, yes. So I get dressed as a legionnaire because they've got the barrack room. So I used to man the barrack room and there'd mm-hmm. be two of us. So one would, the classes were split into two. So for 20 minutes, I would tell them about life in the barracks and what it was like to be a legionnaire. And that's great fun with the kids when you do it. And then they have the events, you know what I mean? It's just like, a, this is what it's like to be a soldier. And I, Definitely. So, it's always fun when, when there's dressing up opportunities. Exactly, yeah. Able to see people in, in period clothing. It just makes it a little bit special. Right. So do you have school groups then to come? Well, obviously not since COVID. Will the school groups come or is that something you're looking into? Uh, yes, we've, um, we have a very good education program and it's been established for many years now. Right. Um, our education officer was actually is a former teacher. Oh, that's um, good. And uh, she's basically turned this into her, her baby. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> and we've had to adapt it with COVID. Um, mm. So we, through the pandemic last year, um, we offered it digitally. Right. So uh, via Microsoft Teams, uh, okay. we, would, we would have the, the education program um, live for oh, them. Oh, wow. Um, we also filmed one of the videos so they could rent the video as well uh so real great opportunities um to really branch out and mm. it's something we're actually going to keep on the books for for future things um this idea. year from september although less schools than previous um, yeah because they get covid cases periodically and have to cancel yeah and that's totally <clears throat> we're totally expecting that <laughs> because we're still exiting a, a pandemic yes they have that option so when a school comes physically into the museum it's right. a full day they come here at about 10 o'clock in the morning um and they're up in our education room up on the the top floor wow. and that's all decked out um with uh mostly world war ii because yes. one of the the main workshops that's the most popular is blighty and the blitz oh right yes yeah, and a oh. lot of the kids come dressed up as little evacuees, um, <laughs> and they, they come upstairs and they get that whole experience. And then in oh. the afternoon after lunch, um, they break out into groups, and one of the groups at a time will be in our Anderson shelter, which right. you can see when you come to the museum. It's in it's in the front garden. Yes. Uh, and they get that experience of, of what it would have been like in an Anderson shelter during a raid. Oh, wow. And the kids absolutely love it. Schools come back every year because they love it. Yeah. So it's, it's a great program that we have. Oh, wow. I'm going to go to the Anderson Shelter now. Can I go in? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so are the schools local or, or do you think they come from far away as well now? Are you looking at that? Are you just still in Wales? Or do they come from England, do you think? Well, or will they? So the, the physical... Um, in-person workshops. Yeah. They're always around um, about an hour's drive. Yeah, us. that's true. Um, because it's got to fit into one day trip. Um, yeah. But with the digital offers, um, we're hoping to be able to expand outside of that catchment area. Right. Because then they don't have to come, but they still get 
a full experience yeah. rather than just watching oh. a movie or something because it's, it's live <laughs> and you can ask questions and, and things. So it is something that we're hoping to branch out and get into more schools further oh, afield. Wow. Oh, I like the sound of that. That sounds really good. Well, well done there. Now then, we'll swap off. We've got a little change now, would you believe? Okay. Oh, why not? So I understand that the uh, museum itself, well, um, was an armory for the Brecon Militia in 1805. Yes. Is that correct? And what did the militia do? Uh, apart from, like, trying to keep order, I suppose. Yeah. The, the reason why Brecon has sort of a military presence mm. all stems from um, the Merthyr Uprising. Yes. <laughs> which is which is a really interesting um, thing. That's basically why Brecken has had a militia at that mm. time, because there was fears that um, the people of Merthyr were going to uprise. Yes. And they couldn't have a military presence in Merthyr. Nope. Because... Whew. That could, um, in a colloquial way, egg them on. Yeah, what do you mean? Uh, but Brecken is just far enough that it's not being them imposing yeah. that. But if an event was to happen, which it did, yeah. um, uh, the army could be dispatched quickly. So that's that's basically oh, why. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so... and we actually have on our, on our website a... Um, a stop animation video about the uprising. That came out earlier this year um, with the students of Christ College. We worked with them. So the students created um, the the stop animation to talk about the Merthyr uprising because the students of of Brecken would have had some links because they they date, the school dates to quite close to that time period. So Uh, a oh. great video to, to learn a bit more about that. Oh, okay, I'll look that up. Is that, is that online as well? Yes, it's oh. on the website. Oh, bro, I'll look that one up then. And what year yeah. was the Merthyr Rising? Can you remember? Uh, I can't remember what year it was. Oh, I'm testing my knowledge now. No, I'm not, uh, sorry about that, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it's only because you mentioned it and I forgot it as well, see? So you're okay. It would have been, I, it would have been um, probably around that time. Yes. Yeah. Because um, top of my head, but, but I'm, I'm not the best when it comes to dates. Oh, that's okay. Don't um, worry. No, it's because you mentioned it. You see, I wouldn't have said it otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Because I just wondered. Because obviously the militia went over. I wondered, did they act the same way like the um, the troops did in the Peterloo massacre of eighteen nineteen? You know, that was like, and they went and let's just kill people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just yes, wondered. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, you don't mess around with that, do you? So, um, now we're out, I thought where stuff was. You also do, I see, as well, a soldier search. I did look yes. that up, see? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do offer a soldier search. So, um, it's a paid service that we offer. All right. Um, at the present moment, it's £35. Okay. And so what we do, as long as your relative... Um, served with one of our regiments yep. and served before 1920 we can then investigate and and see based off of the information you provide um, such okay. as if, if you have um, his regimental number that's a bonus because it really narrows it yeah. down to the right person um, without a regimental number it makes it a bit tricky I not necessarily impossible <laughs> but it does make it make it tricky and then depending on what records have survived and what was actually recorded, 
uh, our archivist compiles that all together and then gives you copies. Oh, wow. Gosh, yeah, that's, uh, really that's a good... Yeah, I like the sound of that. Well, my yeah. my relatives won't bring that one. They're on the other side, the Irish side, so it wouldn't work for them. So, uh, <laughs> now you would go to either uh, a regimental museum. Yeah, exactly. Island. So, uh, <laughs> yes, but if it's after nineteen twenty, right? Uh, we don't have the records for that. Okay, no museum does ah. because it's all up in headquarters in Glasgow. Oh wow. So you'd have to apply apply that way. Um, as there's a a hundred year rule, so as we approach that, things should be slowly released. Right. Um, but at the moment, it's um, I think it's mostly down to a lot of GDPR. Yeah. Especially around World War Two, is that some of it's still being protected, and some people are still living. So you yes. have to prove to them that you're a relative and the person you're wanting to research um, has passed. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And obviously, because we can't... Because I know you have lots of collections there. I know that one of the biggest is the Victoria Crosses from Roke's yes. Drift. Because obviously, mm -hmm. you cannot mention Brecon Museum without mentioning the 24th Foot Regiment. So, Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm afraid we're going to have to touch on this now or not even touch on it. So we're going to have to look at this. You know? So I, I, I assume you probably seen the film Zulu with Stanley yes, Baker. What do you think? That's just a joke. Uh, I thought it was all right. Yeah, to me, some inconsistencies, but yes, uh, but it is a good overall telling of of a of a story. Yes, it's true, and to, I like the music. See, I think the music is brilliant, and apart from Stanley Baker, Richard Burton that start with narrated, so sets it perfect. I think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of people visit us because of the movie. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. And in fact, I was in Bracken not so long ago, but I couldn't get to the museum because I was on a, I was running out of time. And I discovered yeah. there's a, um, like a, I think it's a pub, I think. And it's called Rock's Drift, isn't it? Yes. It's got the picture of the... Yes, yes. So, all right. So what, what amazes me is that, um, I don't know if you've actually looked into the Zulu Wars as well, have you, as uh, part of being a curator? I do. I have looked into to it. It's one of those things that you constantly learn a new fact every day. This is, yes. Because um, I'd have been reading up on it as well, because I had a book recently called The Zulu Rising by um, mm -hmm. Ian, is it Ian Knight? Ian Knight, which I yeah. found fascinating. But because um, some people t take it the wrong way, they're thinking, oh, we wanted to do this. and this. But when you actually read it, you find that it's like certain people are manipulating certain events. Or like like Chelmsford, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like for their own gain, and especially as uh, messages are not easy to get from here, from Africa over to you know the parliaments in England. So it's like mm -hmm. relying on your own, and what is it, the tribal, um, local feuds? Because obviously they suffered at the hands of the local Zulu kings historically as well. So they would join up, isn't it? It's a lot of um, things happening. Oh, yes, always things happening yeah. when it comes to, to learning about historical yeah. events. Oh, yes. And, of course, in the film itself is the iconic, um, um, when the hospital is on fire in the film. Yes. And, and if you don't mind, I think I should, I'm going to share this, because I think I was really like reading about it, and um, I like what this guy said. He said, 
Every now and then, a confused shout of Usutu from many voices seemed to show that we were going to attack from one side, and immediately the same thing would happen on the other, leaving us in no doubt as to where they meant to attack. About midnight or a little after the fire slackened, and after that, although they kept us constantly on the alert by feigning, as before, to come out on different points, the fire was of a desultory character. Our men were careful and only fired when they could get a chance. The flame of the burning hospital was now getting low, and as pieces of the roof fell in, or hitherto unburst parts of the thatch ignited, the flames blazed up, illuminating our helmets and faces. A few shots from the Zulus replied to us by our men, again silence, broken only by the same thing happening. That's a good description, I think, because when you see it as well, it's like, oh, mm. must have been, well, terrifying as well, I suppose. Must have been, you know. Oh, definitely. Well, it would have been really terrifying. Mm. But what's interesting is that, because um, when you, you think, gosh, this is battle, it's only like 12 hours, isn't it? Near enough, it's not quite a f- Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, and um, you think, gosh, oh, you've got 4,000 of all these people, you think there's lots of bodies and lots of killing happening, but doesn't it work out something like, um, it worked out like 400 Zulu dead, but only 17 British, but apparently almost every man in the garrison sustained some sort of an injury? It's remarkable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a a very big battle for a small number of of British troops. Yeah, and I, I it's a very fascinating one, and I think that's why a lot of people really enjoy that story. Yeah, because the odds for their survival was slim to none. Exactly. So yeah. In some essence, it's almost it's almost a miracle that the Zulus <laughs> pulled back. Yeah. To to, to stay. So. Yeah. Yes, because it's a very good one. One of the reasons is that, that, that what I saw, I've heard, is that um, they appeared on the hill mountain like they did in the film, which is amazing to see it all, and then they turned and left. Yeah. But they say that they probably saw that the approaching Lord Chelmsford's army further afield, and that's why they decided to leave. But mm. who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've got a theory on that, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of theories out there. But, this is uh, this is true, which is nice LinkedIn, and I missed this because I don't know if you did it because I was, I was working and I couldn't go, and I hope you're going to do this again. You did a Zulu dinner. Yes, in um, <laughs> end of October we had the Zulu dinner. Right. It was it was great. Um, we had uh, Glenn Baker, son of Stanley Baker. Oh wow. He was. He was our um, special guest, so he, he spoke about the making of the film Zulu. Wow! For his um, his experience, because he was there during the yeah. filming as a, as a as a young boy. Uh, really nice guy. Um, oh. He's excited to do something again in future with us. Oscar, oh, which, which would be great. And then we also had the High Commissioner for South Africa present. Oh wow! And uh, one of the princesses as well. Oh. Yeah, oh, I was cool. lucky enough to sit on her table, so that was fun. Oh, cool! Oh, nice. Yes. I could, I, I couldn't go. Which is, I was going to do something like this again. Yeah. Oh, we will. I want yes. to go. <laughs> yes, yes. It's something that we 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 do a lot, and we've got good connections with um, the Zulu people as well. Because we had the king, the former king, visit us a few oh, a wow. few years ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Oh, yes. that is amazing. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> exciting time. Uh, True, right. I think people are always surprised to find out that our museum is friends with them. Yes. Because historically we've had problems, but then today 
we're we're friendly and we Ex yeah. do things together, which is which is great. Oh, I love it. That's just superb, that is. Because I don't like the way people try and change history, do you know what I mean, as well, to suit their own needs. I like it as it is, me, you know what I mean? And you can learn. And that's the best way of doing it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So did you have, uh, this Zulu, I've got to ask, other Zulu dinner, did you have, like, that sort of food? Uh, or was it traditional South African food, if you see what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, <laughs> I lost myself no, there. No, we did it. Okay, I just wondered. It was, uh, the food was uh, prepared by um, the, the chefs at uh, Daring Lions. Oh, so wow. They, they okay. The, the food. So, no, wasn't South African um, right. based cuisine. It was just your standard British cuisine. Oh, okay. I just wonder if it was like a mixture of that bizarre. Do you know what I mean? I have to look out for this. Sorry? Oh, good food. oh, good. I was like, you have to do this again so I can come. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I missed it. Well, Amanda, you're not going to believe this, but our time is up. It's been 20 minutes, would you believe? Wow. <laughs> That's gone by so fast. I know. We didn't do half the things I think we were going to do because I wanted to talk out the, you know, the Victoria Crosses that they won at the Rocks and everything. So perhaps we could do another time, another time. If it's up to you, we'd like to do a part two. Yeah, I'd be happy. Oh, that'd be great. Well, thank you for joining us. That was Amanda, the curator of the Brecky Museum. You must, if you're in Wales, you must go and visit. It's absolutely superb. And also, don't forget to look on the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes. Is that right? I haven't missed anything yes, out. All nope, all of that's good. <laughs> and you can also join to be friends, can you as well? You can yes, have the museum. Become a friend of the museum. Great. Well, thank you again, and thank you for joining, Amanda. It's great to see you after all this time. Thank you. Thank you for having. <laughs> 